Hey folks, welcome to episode 43 of the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack Clifton again behind the mic to keep you updated with everything that's happening at the Shire Salvos, both our Menai and Miranda locations. We've got a wonderful show for you this afternoon as well. We've got our very first interview here on the Shire Salvos podcast. In not too long, we'll be chatting with Andrew Hill, who's a member of the Shire Salvos congregation. You might know Andrew from the fact that he gets up the front a bit. He is uh, the head of fundraising in his department with uh, the Salvation Army and does some really wonderful work work, not just in the Sutherland Shire, but all around the country. Him and his team uh, do some tremendous work. So looking forward to uh, chatting with him, talking to him about that um, and uh, how we can assist uh, in the fundraising as we get a little bit closer uh, towards Christmas time. And also chat to him about how his walk with Christ and how he has gotten to the position um, that he is in today with his uh, walk with God, a really interesting and raw chat that we're going to have with Andrew coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. We'll also update you on the latest news and events and alerts that's happening around the life of our church at both Menai and Miranda. And of course, uh, Jacob Browning, our wonderful youth pastor, brought us the message uh, from Sunday service. We'll be playing that for you a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's uh, jump in and see what's making news at the Shire Salvos at both our Menai and Miranda locations. Always a bit uh, going on uh, around uh, around the traps at both Menai and Miranda for you guys to be aware of. Uh, firstly, we just want to remind you that our Sunday services are, are kicking off each and every Sunday from 9.30am. Um, if you perhaps haven't come since uh, the COVID times, I know there's been plenty of people that have stayed away uh, and rightfully so with, with COVID when we're running um, services once a fortnight and we're kind of away for a long time as well. Uh, we are back to uh, a full complement of, of just the one service weekly uh, from 9.30am. Don't need to check in, don't need to book your place. You can just rock up um, at 11 Pillar Place at Bangor at our Menai location. Uh, this forthcoming uh, Sunday, we're having a potluck lunch after church. And this is a great idea um, that the Shire Salvos Church has done a few times, uh, but obviously because of COVID, we haven't been able to do it uh, too much recently. But it's a great way of us uh, getting together and uh, getting together in fellowship and encouraging one another and spending some time with people, um, I guess, kind of in a church setting, but outside of a church setting, if you know what I mean. Uh, so it's a BYO lunch and extra to share. If you haven't been to a potluck lunch before, uh, you want to be uh, bringing food uh, enough for others. So yeah, it might be a big rotisserie chicken. It's, uh, I know um, Tristan Bray and Elise Bray probably bring some KFC or something. Uh, you might uh, you might want to um, make a, a couple of salads at home. You might want to bake something. You might be really good at, at baking brownies or, or muffins or uh, chocolate chip cookies or something like that. Um, it doesn't just have to be lunch stuff. It can be a bunch of food that you can share with others. And it's, it's a great way for us to, to have some really yummy food and and eat, but also um, get a chance to to engage in fellowship with others, uh, people that we we speak to, um, and maybe every Sunday, people that we don't speak to, people that we've never met before. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. So that's happening next Sunday, 12 p.m. Um, after church, um, and uh, you can contact uh, Trudy. I'm not going to give out Trudy's uh, mobile number over the uh, over the podcast, but if you want to get in contact with Tr- Trudy, you can contact uh, the church office, um, and uh, yeah, you um, we'll give you that number a little bit later on um, in the podcast there. So that is happening. Uh, this Sunday, the Potluck Lunch, 12pm on the 28th of August. Uh, Boomers and Beyond, their next event is happening on Monday, the 19th of September, a 10.15am start. They're meeting at Cronulla Wharf. The ferry uh, is then is going across to Bundina. Uh, they're going to have some lunch and uh, some refreshments there. And they're going to be uh, the ferry is going to be leaving Bundina uh, at 2 o'clock. So uh, bookings are required for lunch um, at the RSL. So you'll need to RSVP by the 12th of September. And again, contacting the church office uh, and chatting to Robin um, and or they'll be giving you the, the contact detail to Robin for you to, to book your place, but you can just do it directly uh, with the church office um, as well. 
The next night of our night prayer and praise is actually tonight. We record this podcast on a Monday afternoon. So it is happening uh, tonight, 7 p.m. up at the church uh, on the 22nd of August. If you've perhaps tuned into this on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, obviously it's gone, but it is um, every two weeks. So the next event um, after tonight's event on the 22nd of August is going to be the 5th of September at 7 p.m. So put that down in your diaries once a fortnight um, at 7 p.m. at the Shire Salvos. Menor location, uh, 11 Pilliga Place at Bangor. And you can contact uh, Lynn McComb in the church office for more information um, about that. Uh, the young adults are having uh, their next event. Uh, the Golf Driving Range is happening on Sunday, the 28th of August after the church lunch. So if, uh, if you're uh, classified or you maybe you think you're still a young adult, then uh, you can go um, to that afterwards. So it's a big Sunday with, with church, the potluck lunch, and then the Golf Driving Range uh, on the 28th of August. Contact Joel Campbell uh, in the church office uh, if you're interested there. Uh, like we spoke about at church yesterday, uh, spot are filling up for the Salvation Army Equipped Youth Camp. Um, so it's a wonderful opportunity for, for our young people to, to go across to the Collaroy Centre. Uh, so it's the age of high schoolers to 25 years of age. You can register by going to tinyurl.com forward slash equip youth camps 22. Uh, that's www.tinyurl.com forward slash equip youth camps 22, all one word. The cost is $290, uh, but registrations do close soon. It's running from the 25th of September uh, to the 1st of October registrations are closing next Monday, uh, the 29th uh, of August. Also, a reminder that there are some extra resources that have been set up by the Shire Salvos Church. Uh, we now have a Shire Salvos Church profile on the Version Bible app. If you get the uh, church email from Zoe Lang and the rest of the crew at Shire Salvos, there is a QR code in there that you can take um, a picture of and uh, we'll, uh, get your camera out and that will uh, set you up um, as, uh, as Shire Salvos as part of uh, your church and, and be connected to the church in the, the UV, Version app. Um, you'll also be notified when uh, they highlight a new devotional plan such as uh, the James Challenge. But um, if you're not tech savvy, there's no problem with that. You can still use the trusty old uh, physical Bible as well as we continue our, our James Challenge, which we'll hear uh, from Jacob Branding a little bit later on in the podcast. And also our website and Facebook info for you to keep up to date with everything that's happening around the life of the church. Shysalvos.org.au has all the latest information, as does our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Salvos, or you can punch in Salvos to your Facebook search bar. And of course, uh, this Shire Salvos podcast does wrap up everything that's happening uh, around Menai Miranda and everything else uh, to do with Shire Salvos uh, each and every Monday afternoon episode gets released at 4pm. Time for us to take a break here on the Shire Salvos podcast. On the other side of that, we're going to be chatting with Andrew Hill. Andrew's a wonderful servant of Christ in our church. We're so lucky to have him as part of the congregation, but he also does some marvellous work volunteering and fundraising. Uh, and he is going to be talking to us a little bit about that a little bit more in depth. And also, talks to us about how he became a Christian and growing up in the Salvation Army Church. That's all next here on the Shire Salvos podcast. You're listening to the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack Clifton here with you, guiding you through all the latest about our wonderful church at both our Menai and Miranda locations. We've been saying in the last couple of weeks and probably the last couple of months on the Shire Salvos podcast, we wanted to bring some interviews to you. It's taken a little bit of time. We've kind of had a chat with uh, some of the uh, people in ministry and, and Kim Briggs has been really good with um, shoveling some great ideas uh, in our direction. One of the ones that she suggested was chatting to Andrew Hill and Hilly uh, is on the line to chat to us here this afternoon on the Shire 
Shire Salvos podcast about, I guess, his life in the Salvation Army and more specifically um, his role within fundraising um, in in the Salvation Army. We, um, if you you know Hilly well, you'll you know a lot about that. But uh, perhaps you you might not know um, Andrew. You might not know too much about his background or his family or what he does for work, and that's why we wanted to chat to him. And he's been good enough to give up some time this afternoon. Hilly, thanks for for jumping on the Shire Salvos podcast, mate. How you how you traveling on this Monday afternoon? I'm doing great, Jack. Thanks for having me, mate. This is um, it's good to chat. Well, you're a you're a inaugural uh, guest on the Shire Salvos podcast, so it's a very prestigious uh, position that we've put you in, um, Hilly. <laughs> uh, but I, I guess to to kick off, for those people that are listening and tuning in that, that don't know too much um, about you, can you tell listeners who you are, um, a little bit about your family, and, and what you do for work? Yeah, um, I'm a father of two great kids, Caleb, who's twenty, and Liberty who's 16, turning 17 soon. So um, married to my wife, Kim, who is a group fitness instructor at um, Fitness First locally in the Shire. Mm. Um, and we live in we live in Menai and we've lived in Menai for, gosh, 20, 20 years with a few little hiatuses in between. Um, yeah, and we, we worship at um, Shire Salvos Menai. So, yeah, we're... We're firmly ensconced in the Shire. Yeah, that's right. Um, Hilly, how long have you been attending, um, I guess, um, uh, in a wider version, the Salvation Army Church, um, but more specifically, um, Shire Salvos? Yeah, so I've been in the um, Salvos all my life. So I was born into the Salvation mm. Army and, you know, I'm one of those classic sort of generational Salvationists, I think fourth or fifth generation. I mm. don't know how far back it goes. Um, we've been going to Menai for over 12 years now, um, and previous to that, we were at Hurstful. So um, it's been 12, you know, really good years. We love um, Menai Salvos, Shire Salvos, and, yeah, love it for our kids and love it for our small groups and our friends. It's awesome. And I imagine your your parents probably had a pretty big impact on you. You just said that you were you were born into the Salvation Army, and I'm sure there's a few people listening that that can probably re- relate to that. What what kind of influence have have your parents kind of had, I guess, on on your faith, Hilly? Well, I guess they um, you know they took me along to church from you know obviously the day I was born, and you know the Salvation Army became a part of well, was a part of my life growing up. Um, and I'm one of those sort of generations of salvos that um, when you're a kid, you went to the you went to the Salvation Army, you know, on Friday nights for you know youth youth band rehearsals mm. and choir rehearsals, and then um, you often had a youth group activity on the Saturday, and then you were there for two meetings on a Sunday and um, what we call open airs or outreach, you know, in the morning and afternoon, and you often had friends over for lunch from church. So church was a huge part of my upbringing, you know, not just going to church on Sundays, but all the activities surrounding mm. it. So, you know, it was a busy, it was a busy, busy upbringing um, as a young guy in the Salvos. But, you know, I look back and I, I, I loved it. You know, mm. all my closest friends were Salvos. Probably the only thing that, um, probably the only downside if, there, if you can call it the downside was, I didn't have a lot of close friends um, outside of church, mm. um, and in in hindsight, um, would have been nice to have developed some of those school friendships a bit better. Like I still have school friends, but they're certainly not as strong as the the friends I have from church. 
I guess it's one thing to be involved in the Salvation Army Church and be attending church and um, attending youth group and all of those those different activities, but it's a, it's a completely different conversation to uh, give your life to Christ and, and make that that commitment. And, and people do it at different stages of their lives, and, and different events happen. What what was the the catalyst, I guess, in you um, turning your life to, to Christ? And if you could briefly, yeah, tell us a, a bit about your your um, maybe not conversion to, to becoming a Christian, but but that journey and those steps that you took. To, uh, to become a Christian? Well, I certainly remember um, a significant um, church service. It was a Sunday night um, when I was a young young kid and I, I must have been you know, some some age between, uh, I think, the age of eight or 10 or something around that age where there was a real... We're just, I was at a Sunday night service at Hurstville and there was a real moving of the Holy Spirit and, you know... Back in those days, and, and it sometimes still happens, you know, there was a move to what we call the mercy seat where people would stand and they walk to the front of the church and they would kneel uh, um, at the mercy seat or the penitent form, we called it. And it was one of those nights that I'll never forget where there was just a flood of people giving mm. lives to Jesus or going forward, answering um, the call of the Holy Spirit on their life. And I remember sitting in my in my seat at church and feeling this just overwhelming sense something deeper than I've ever experienced before that I needed mm. to go and kneel, kneel at the front and um, and really give my whole life to, to Christ. And I remember that. And so I remember that vividly. But I think like a lot of young people, um, I guess all around the church world, you know, you, you deal with being a teenager and you might um, not move away from your faith, but mm. you might, you might, it mightn't be as serious as it, it should be. And yeah. so it wasn't until um, I probably got into my mid-20s where I, I had been a police officer or I was a police officer at the time and I was really struggling with, you know, what I believed and, and who I was and who I wanted to be and what God wanted me to be. Mm. And um, I just remember one Easter service, um, I was in a, a church service and the Holy Spirit just really just knocked me off my feet. Mm. And it was almost a conversation with God where he said, Andrew, you've got to get serious about who you are and who you are in me. And mm. um, and also at the time I was struggling with, you know, what is my future? Yeah. Who, who, who am I going to spend my future with in terms of, you know, a life partner, a wife, and um, almost God was saying to me, Andrew, I'm not going to answer that question until you get get right with me. Mm. And I remember that distinct feeling that that was the Holy Spirit speaking that into me. And so I remember um, recommitting my life to Jesus um, that Easter of 1996, and um, my life completely changed after that. You know, I, I was only a couple months after that I met my now wife. And um, it it was all different from that moment on. Mm. So, yeah, two two real pivotal moments in in my life. Well, thanks for sharing that, Hilly, because I th- I think it can be um, 
it can be uh, a really emotional thing to, to share, especially a journey like yours that's certainly had some peaks and troughs and different things like that. But I think it can also be a really encouraging thing for, for other people that might be kind of contemplating recommitting to the Lord or committing to the Lord for the first time. So, so thanks for so, being so, yeah. so open and honest with, with your own um, journey. I, I guess I would like yeah. to just shift gears a, a little bit now that we've, we've kind before, of... Just yeah. before, Jack, just before we go on, I want to say one more thing because I just feel prompted to say this. Yeah that even though we have these encounters with God and the Holy Spirit and we, we turn our lives around and we, we move in a different direction, it doesn't mean that we're then perfect and we don't mm. stuff up. Yeah. And God wants to do that fresh work in us. And I think he wants to do that in us almost daily. And so I would just encourage people that if you've stuffed up or, you know, you feel like you've just turned a corner away from God again, it's you can it's you can always come back. God's always mm. saying, "I'm right here. I've never left you. Yeah. Stay with me." So I just want to encourage people whether they're listening. Yeah, and 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 um, it doesn't need to be a special moment. It doesn't need to be at church or youth group. Like we we can spend one on one time with God any time of the day. So it's you don't if you're you're listening to to what Hilly's just said. You don't need to to wait. And there isn't a certain time that you you need to open your heart to Christ or open your heart to the Holy Spirit. If you're you're listening now, you can maybe even pause the podcast and um and just open your heart and just open your mind to to God. There's there's no there's no perfect time to uh, recommit to becoming a Christian or, or becoming a Christian, so um, yeah, I, I would just I would just reinforce um, reinforce that as well. Um, exactly. I, I guess shifting gears a little bit, Hilly, um, to, to to your work life and 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 we're we're good mates, um, so I, I kind of know a bit about what you what you do. Um, I guess away from church, but it's also kind of connected um, as well, especially when um, Red Shield appeal. Uh, comes around, um, and also um, around Christmas time, where we're thinking about those that are that are less um, well off as as we are, and obviously we're still a few months away from the Christmas rush and and those kinds of things. But but your role at the Salvos, I believe, is is the the general manager for community fundraising. Um, could you tell us a bit, I, I guess, a bit more expansively about about that role and and what they you see. Um, in the work that you're doing and also um, the work that's being done by, by those people in your team that are reporting to you, Hilly? Yeah, well, the role of um, community fundraising, um, our national team, is really just to set the strategy for the way the Salvation Army raises money in mass participation or out in the public. So, you know, this, the faithful salvos that are out there collecting, mm. whether it be at Christmas time or Red Shield appeal time, um, we we set the strategy for that um, as much as we can. So what that means is we need to stay um, ahead of the curve on the innovation and where society is going in terms of fundraising. So, you know, a perfect example is recently we would have seen a huge change in cashless giving. The way people mm. give give to charities has changed dramatically. We, it was happening, you know, it was a slow burn you know, around 2013, 14, 15, um, in terms of cashless, but COVID just saw it yeah. absolutely explode. And so we needed to stay ahead of, you know, cashless giving and digital um, fundraising. So, you know, tap and go devices and FPOS machines and, um, you know, peer-to-peer -peer fundraising platforms, you know, digital platforms, that type of thing. So my team um, really rolls that sort of that strategy out and rolls those, rolls those tools out. Um, and, you know, and also what we call the supported journey. So 
what is what is the journey of a supporter of a young person or an older person that gives mm. to us for the first time? How do we communicate to them what the Salvation Army does? And so, you know, the Salvation Army has a great history of, you know, collecting for the Red Shield Appeal and, and school kids helping. And for many of those school kids, that was their first interaction with the Salvos. Mm. And so I can't, I can't sort of express how important that is, that that first introduction to a school kid or a young person that either volunteers for the Salvos or gives to the Salvos, we need to not take that for granted and, and communicate with them the work that we do and why, why their volunteerism or their support is so vitally important and they're so valuable to us. So the community fundraising team, we do, I guess, that, that strategic body of work in and around the way people give, how people give and um, the supporters and volunteers that help us raise that money. Um, mm. It's not just as easy, I think, as, you know, rocking up to the street corner with a bucket. We need, yeah. to, be a bit, we need to be a bit more sophisticated about it than maybe we once had to because there's 55,000 charities out there that are mm. doing great work as well. I guess just to follow up on, on that, Hilly, has it been hard – uh, for your team, and this might be a, a bit of a difficult question um, to, to answer, but has it been hard, I guess, because the Salvation Army is such a, a traditional organisation and you've got, you've also got pe- young people around um, uh, around Red Shield Appeal time and, and all times of the year that are collecting, but you also got people that, uh, women and men that are in their 70s, 80s, some even, even in their, their 90s that, that are collecting. And I, I guess they kind of have that opinion of being, it, it's probably a bit old school with, with the bucket. Is, is it hard to transition, I guess, technology and the way that the world's kind of moving to some of the, the volunteers that, that are, I guess, a, a, little bit, a little bit older and they might feel a little bit um, overawed, a little bit daunted by this, this new wave, this new technology that's rolling in? Yeah, that's really good pickup, Jack. Um, yes, um, a lot of our older volunteers do get daunted by technology and, you know, digital platforms and that type of thing. And one of the reasons we rolled out as a team the tap and go machine, um, which was a preset dollar amount right around the country, was because many of our volunteers felt a bit overwhelmed mm. by having to interact with a, a device. And so we we needed a device that we could just almost set and forget, like put it there on the table or put it there at the collection site and people could just come along and tap. Um, but you know, those older volunteers are a blessing to the Salvation Army because the public love to see our old, still traditional collectors because it, um, is a, it brings a sense of trust. Um, it brings a sense of, um, nostalgia. Um, and I think the the general public, when they see an old Salvo collecting at the train station or in the shopping center. They go, yeah, I'm not walking past that person. Yeah. Um. So for for that side of of our collectors, it's it's a real blessing. We we though have to also attract a new generation of donors of donor. So a young person. Um, and many young people don't even know the work we do. So, like I said, it's really important that um we are innovative and we're putting platforms and um and ask in front of a young person that may not be walking past a bucket. It may mm. be, you know, um, an SMS, a text or a Instagram message or something that just speaks to the work of the Salvation Army and communicates to a new generation in a different way. So we've got to be faithful to our older 
volunteers and collectors, but we've also got to be innovative to speak to a newer audience. So yeah, it is tricky. It is really, really tricky. Um, but that's that's some of the work that my team love to do is is mm. actually look out there in the public and go, what do we need to do as a salvos and how do we do it in order to to get the hearts and minds of the new generation of supporter. You've done a lot of different jobs in your life, Hilly. You, you spoke a little bit earlier in our chat about um, being a police officer for a significant uh, amount of time. Um, you've wor- worked um, in different areas and departments in the Salvation Army. Uh, why are you so passionate about the, the fundraising work within the Salvation Army? Oh, I've seen for a large part of my adult life, I've been around people that have been practically assisted by the Salvation Army mm. and um, spiritually um, helped by, you know, the Salvos. And it's just, look, I'm so passionate because I have just some personal stories where I have helped um, just myself um, through when I was Employment Plus, um, people that really needed us to stand in the gap through a tough time. Mm. And, you know, whether it was paying for a bill electricity bill or, um, you know, groceries or putting someone up for the night, you know, for in accommodation, it takes money. And I know that if I get a donation of $100, that $100 can help someone feed a family, yeah, put some great groceries in their grocery cart. And so it's as simple as that. And so I saw pretty early on in my work with the Salvation Army that actually money is a big part of what we need to do the work we do because I think it's William Booth is you can't you can't speak Jesus into the life of someone if they if they're hungry. I th- you know he obviously said it in more um, in a, in a better way than that in in a more passionate way than that. But you mm. know you can't you can't talk to someone about the gospel if their their belly is aching with hunger. Yeah, and so it's wrong of me to say, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus if they've got nowhere to sleep tonight mm. or if they don't know how they're going to feed their family that day. So that's why fundraising to me is so important because we need to practically help people. That's our mission mm. um, of the Salvation Army, standing in the gap for people, you know, both practically and spiritually. What's one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with today surrounding fundraising and, and the work of the Salvation Army? And I guess on top of that, Healy, how can we as a church, we as a congregation at Shire Salvos assist uh, not only you guys, your, your department, but, but um, assist um, in, the, in the, the work the Salvation Army does in this community fundraising um, region? I would say don't be scared to um, ask people for donations. Don't be scared to fundraise. Don't be scared to collect and get out there and help. Um, I, I think as simple as this, tonight somewhere on the streets of Sydney or even the Shire, there'll be someone that um, doesn't have somewhere to sleep. Mm. Um, or there's a mum looking at her cupboards today who looks at those bare cupboards and thinks, how am I going to feed my kids this week? And she's going to probably turn to the Salvos or they're going to probably turn to the Salvos or mm. some other charity. and. And then people say to me, oh, I just don't, it makes me uncomfortable asking for donations. Well, think about how uncomfortable those situations are for those people in need. Yeah. So I think it's okay for us to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Not everyone asks for as money, asks for money as easily as I can. You know, it's my job. It's, you know, I'm passionate about it. But 
when you think, oh, I just don't want to step outside of that icky, mm. co- uncomfortable feeling, well, think about that person that you're just about to help yeah. by asking. So, you know, I think we just need to need to frame it. Every time you're going to ask someone for a donation or you're going to stand there and collect, just think about that person that is needing to reach out to the salvos today. Hilly, it's been uh, so great to to hear from you and and, and hear about the the fantastic work your uh, your workers and and yourself do um, with the the community fundraising in the, in the Salvation Army in all areas of uh, not just uh, the Shire but all over this uh, this great country that that we live in and, and we also appreciate you being you're very raw and honest about your your own um, walk with Christ and and yeah we really appreciate you jumping on the Shire Salvos podcast. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed the chat and I'm sure people listening have have really appreciated your honesty as well. Thanks uh, thanks so much for jumping on this afternoon, mate. Thanks, Heaps, Jack. It's been great. A huge thanks to Andrew uh, for giving up some time of his day and jumping on the Shire Salvos podcast and adding a bit of a, a different dimension uh, to the run sheet uh, for today's show and really hope that you enjoyed that chat. Um, it's never easy talking about, um, I guess, your own personal life and, and things that perhaps have gone wrong or things that you struggled with, but we really appreciate um, the raw and, and on, uh, raw and honest chat and the honesty that, that Hilly's shown as well as talking about some of the wonderful work that, that he does and, and, and the reason why he loves being um, in, in that particular space. Um, with the sal- salvos and, and fundraising and how important that is for everyone um, across the country and, uh, and across the world. The salvos do such a great job and it was uh, great to see that uh, or hear that reinforced uh, with Hilly there. We're going to jump in and listen to the sermon now from Sunday morning's church service. Jacob Browning continued our James Challenge. We're so lucky to have Jacob as youth pastor. It was great to have him uh, bring us the word as we continued uh, the James Challenge into the fourth week. And this is a sermon from yesterday's sermon. Sunday, the 21st of August. Thank you. All right. Good morning, church. How are you going? Um, so, yes, as Justin said, my name is Jacob. I work as a youth pastor. I've been here for, I believe, about a year. I'm enjoying it really. I have been enjoying it a lot so far. Um, but, yeah, so just to get started. So, this is the fourth week of the James Challenge. Um, so if you've been following along on the Uversion app, or just you've been here every week, good on you, I haven't. Um, but this is the fourth week, and this is the Source of Wisdom week. Um, this is James 3, 12 to 18. Uh, thank you, Charlotte. I think she's gone out already. But yeah, thank you, Charlotte, for reading that. That was awesome. But yeah, so I just want to paint the picture for you guys. Um, who needs wisdom in their life today? Yeah, all of you pretty much. Um, who would like the best wisdom possible in their life? Should be all of you guys. Um, <laughs> I just want you guys to think about someone that comes to mind in your life when you think about someone that is constantly working or thinking in kingdom wisdom. Like someone who comes to mind. For me, um, like it's my dad. He's old. Doesn't, uh, that's not because he's wise. But, um, but he's just someone that I think he is always practicing kingdom wisdom. He's always focusing on God when he's talking about his wisdom and stuff like that. Um, but I want you guys just to think just for a second, how different would your life be if every decision you made came and you, you, like, you seeked God first and you're in the presence of God and then you act on that decision? How different would your life look today if that's how we made every decision in our life, if we were constantly seeking the presence of God? Um, so yeah, I'm just going to tell a quick story about a friend um, that actually kind of did that for that. Uh, Sorry, 
that seeks God first uh, in a very stressful time, which I was very surprised about. But it's a friend called Kieran. Um, we've led together on heaps of camps, and this one story just sticks out for me. It's, um, we're actually at Kalori, we're on the Oval, and unfortunately a kid had fallen, uh, he'd knocked himself out, and the whole kind of camp went into panic mode for a second. Um, obviously the nurses are running around, they're freaking out, we've just had like a kid just knock himself unconscious on a slide, um, and obviously the kids are a bit nervous, they're a bit scared, but I looked up onto the balcony, I saw my friend Kieran, and he just, just started praying. He just started praying and he just seeked God first. He's there surrounded with a bunch of 8 to 12-year-old kids that he's been leading this week at camp. And the first thing he does, instead of just panic and take his kids away, he just stops. He looks at the oval with all of his kids around him and he starts praying. And he was that witness to the kids. Like, and like, that was massive for me. Like, it was one of my first camps and I just looked up and I was like, oh wow, like, He's got his stuff in order. Like, he seeked God first, he prayed about it first, and then he moves on and makes those decisions then. So there's two things that really stick out for me about that story, is that the first thing is, he seeks God first in prayer. He doesn't panic, he doesn't do anything, but he seeks God first. And then, therefore, he's in the presence of God while he's acting, and he's got the presence of God and the kingdom wisdom he needs when he's acting on that. So my main point today, there's only one main point, it's going to be nice and short and sweet today, is that we need to be seeking God to be in the presence, to be in the presence of God to be finding kingdom wisdom today. Now, when you guys read that Bible verse, um, most of you guys would agree that the best kind of wisdom comes from heaven. We'd all agree with that, but how often are we acting on that? How often are we making that our first priority when we are seeking wisdom, when we are seeking advice or counsel, how often do we turn to God first instead of trying to do it ourselves? See, the wisdom that comes from God, the kingdom of God wisdom, is pure. It says, sorry, it says it's pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, merciful, bears good fruit, all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of wisdom that you should all want and be hungry for. The kingdom of earth wisdom, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. It's sinful, it's thinking about ourselves first, it's just the complete opposite of what we want in life. And when we refer to that, like when we just go back to that kingdom of earth wisdom, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're doing a disservice not only us, but also God. And we need to just take a bit of a reality check and think about this, like for the kingdom, where shall we find in my wisdom? So why does that matter for you guys? Why does that matter? Why should you be searching kingdom wisdom first always? As Christians, we're called to be hungry for the kingdom wisdom and not just being satisfied with what we can do on our own. We should be hungry for like, the glimpses of God that we can get in our lives, and we should also know that we can't do it on our own mark. We should, uh, wait. We should be wanting the best, even more so when it comes to wisdom. No one in life likes bad advice, let alone bad wisdom. It's just not a good one. Also, and one of the main reasons is that when you are in kingdom wisdom and you're pressing into God and you're in the presence of God, you bear fruit. And that's just not only in your wisdom, that's just in your life, that's in your family, it's in your church, you're bearing kingdom fruit. That's what we should be wanting for and hungry for as Christians. That's why it matters. So we see this in the Bible in verse 17 of that. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, 
then consider it submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. That's the kind of wisdom that we should be hungry for in life. We shouldn't just be, we shouldn't just be satisfied every time for what we can do on our own. We should be hungry for the kingdom wisdom. So you might ask, how can we apply this into our lives? And I think everyone right here today, I was going to give you guys a second just to think about someone, something, a situation in your life. Could be a friend group, could be a person, could be a relationship, whatever, that you need wisdom for right now, going into this week. So I wanted to give you guys a second just to think about that. Could be a person, something massive, something small, could be a friendship. I just want you to think about that for a second. Um, early on in James, in James 1.5, it says, um, if any of you guys lack wisdom, you should ask God first, who gives generously to all without fault, and it'll be given to you. If we just think about it for a second, if any of you lack wisdom, it should be all of us, <laughs> um, you should ask God first. You should come to God first, always. Who gives generously to all without finding fault in them, and it will be given to you. That's massive. Like, the fact that whatever we're going through in life, whatever situation we're in, if we come to God first, he will give us wisdom. He will give us the strength, the wisdom we need to get out of that situation. All right, so right now, as you guys have thought about that person or thing or whatever you're going through in life right now, we're actually just going to have a time just to pray over that situation. When you're praying, I just want you guys to ask for kingdom wisdom to lead you through those situations. I want you to press into the Spirit of God right now and just ask for just kingdom wisdom. I'm just going to give you guys two to three minutes to pray over that. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, so, yeah. So two things about that. Um, in the presence of God, that's where we can find kingdom wisdom. I'm actually going to do something a little bit more practical, though, about that. So um, for you guys that have a phone that has an alarm on it, which is, I guess, hopefully a lot of you, um, I want you just to grab that out of your pocket right now. And I actually want you guys to set a recurring alarm this week at, I'm going to go, for me, nine o'clock is mine. Um, but if you're someone who is lucky enough to get to bed by 8, do it for 7.30. And gosh, good on you guys for getting to bed that early. Um, but yeah, I just want you guys every week, sorry, every day this week, just to pray over that situation. If it's a situation that you're battling through with someone, could be a loved one, could be a partner, whatever, invite them to pray with you at that time. Don't go through this battle alone or anything like that. But every night this week, and if you don't have an alarm or whatever set, just every night this week, I want you to pray for the situation you prayed for today. The reason that we do that, and we, I want you guys to do that, is it's all about habit. It's all about getting into the habit of you guys seeking God first. When you get into a habit, it becomes natural. And then when you face with other situations, it's going to be natural for you to turn to God first and get into the presence of God. And there you're going to find true wisdom. Um, so, if you can leave anything, like if you can leave today and remember nothing, I want you to remember one thing. That is, in the presence of God, you find true wisdom. I'm going to say that one more time. In the presence of God, you're going to find true wisdom. 
That's going to be how you, that is the source of wisdom. Now we all know that, but it's about doing it. You can keep that alarm on for 15 years if you like, and just get into that practice and just do it every day. All right, cheers. Tristan's going to lead you guys in worship. Really hope you did uh, get something from that sermon uh, from Jacob. A little bit shorter than uh, the ones we've had uh, recently, but it was still uh, full of lots of uh, gold nuggets there from uh, from Jacob. And uh, congratulations to Jacob as well. That was his first time uh, getting up in front of the congregation and preaching. He's obviously done um, a load of, of youth group talks at youth camps and different things, but it really is a completely different beast when you have to get up at, at church and you're on that that Sunday service. As, a, as an avid rugby league fan, it, sometimes it's uh, it could be related uh, Related to that yeah, you've been uh, plying your time down in under 21s or reserve grade and now you've got the promotion to, to first grade. It's not, not an easy thing when you're getting up and there's a, a bunch of eyeballs on you and there is a lot of pressure attached to, to when you're up the front and, and commanding the gaze and the respect of everyone um, in the congregation. So Jacob did a wonderful job and, and great to hear him bring us the word in the latest uh, of the James Challenge here on the Shire Salvos podcast. That also wraps up everything we have for you here this afternoon. Really hope that you enjoyed the podcast. We're going to continue to do our interview series and chat with different people uh, around the uh, around the church, different people from our congregation. They all have uh, different skills and different stories and different things that have happened in their lives. And we want to bring, I guess, that to life and, uh, and encourage that and promote that. And uh, hopefully that can be an encouragement for you and also uh, entertaining uh, to you as well as you tune into the Shire Salvos podcast. But until next Monday afternoon, we'll have a brand new episode of the Shire Salvos podcast. Uh, this is... J- This is Jack Clifton uh, bidding you farewell. Have a lovely week. God bless. We'll see you next week.